And I'm going to preach on the characteristics of a Christian. Your character is what you think, what you say, and what you do. There's a whole lot better one in Webster's, but that covers it. Amen. So I want to talk to you today because sometimes we find, I'm talking about all of us, sometimes we find ourselves falling short in being like Jesus. And that's what we need to do to make sure our life is patterned after Him and that we do as He would do. And when you come to a time when there's a question in your life what you should do, just ask, what would Jesus do? And I'll tell you, you'll get the answer and you'll get the right answer. No doubt, uh, sometimes we fail. I've fallen. Sometimes I don't measure up to it and you don't, but... So this message is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of awareness to make us be aware and stay aware that people are looking at us and people are watching us. And people, when we say we are a Christian, that's exactly what they expect out of our lives. I've said this before, but uh, there was two guys working at a place and They'd been there each about 30 years and something come up and one of them said, well, I'm a Christian. The other one said, I didn't know you was a Christian. I've been a Christian for 30 years. I don't think that kind of works. I think if you're a Christian, they'll know that you're a Christian. Amen. So it is important. Matthew 22, 36 and 37. I'll have a lot of scriptures today, but nevertheless, that's what's important. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Now, I want to say something, that it's easy to love God. Do you hear me? I said it's easy to love God. If you know God and you know how he does and what he does and how he treats his children, Well, it's easy to love him. Amen. Then he says, the second one is locking unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now it gets a little bit harder. Amen. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Now, it's really not all that hard to love your neighbor unless you're going to church with him. And you're not around him very often. But it goes even beyond that, love does. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard that it been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if we love them which love you, come on, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans or the sinners do the same? And And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publican so. Be ye perfect, 
even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. And this word perfect uh, really in the Greek means complete. Be complete in your love like your Father is, in, is complete in His love. Love was shown us when God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave Him to the cross of Calvary for our sin. Let me tell you something. It wasn't easy for Jesus. He was the second person of the Godhead. He created everything you see created, the Bible tells us. He had a high, a very high position in the kingdom of heaven, and he gave it up. And he became a man. Why? Because of love. Because I want to tell you the way the world was going, it was heading for another destruction from the hand of God. But God loved us and he sent his son and his son took on the form of a man. You might not be able to understand that, but I do. Just say you as the president of the United States, give you just a little bit of maybe a, a, an example. You were the president of the United States and the next day you were the janitor cleaning it up. That would give you somewhat an example of what happened. Jesus came, he bled, and he died. He was ridiculed. They talked about him. They said all manner evil against him. They'd done everything that could possibly be done to the Son of Man. But he did it, and he took it. Because he loved us. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 said, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your Father which is in heaven will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hello? Pretty strong. Pretty strong. We just kind of bypass that sometimes. We just kind of overlook it. But I want to tell you, God don't overlook his word. If you got all against your brother, you need to go to him. You need to make things straight. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. If we, if we cannot forgive one another, then God will not forgive us. Hello, I don't care what the doctrines of men is, this is what God said. He tells us, he told his disciples, you got to forgive your brother. If your brother trespasses against you seven times in one day, you got to go to that brother seven times and ask him to forgive you. That's a lot of times, isn't it? Same guy, same person seven times a day. So Peter got to thinking about it, like we do about the Word of God sometimes. We, we Sometimes we think if we can just get it just a little bit, things will be all right in our life. So Peter came to him and said, Lord, if I forgive my brother seven times in one day, then everything's okay. I'm putting it in my words. And he said, no, Peter. If he trespasses against you seven times 70 and comes to you and asks you to forgive him, you have to forgive him. Yeah. 
it's almost an impossible task to offend somebody or sin against them or go against them 490 times a day. What Jesus was teaching, that forgiveness is unlimited. When you go to people and they ask you to forgive them, you must forgive them. Why? For Christ's sake is what the Bible tells us. For Christ's sake. See, Peter is hunting them a way out of forgiving people. But I want you to listen to this parable when he said what he said to Peter. The conversation. He gave this as a parable. Let me get this. Uh, Matthew 18. We're going to start with 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now that 10,000 talents, you figured up, I've got it written down in my Bible somewhere, but it's millions and millions of dollars. In other words, it was a debt he could not pay. I want you to know when Jesus saved me, I had a debt that I could not pay. And I think all of us could say that. For, but for as much as ye have not, had not to pay, this Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him of his debt. But that same servant went out. Listen to me. That same servant went out and found a fellow servant which owed him 100 pence, about $13, if my mind serves me correctly. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, Pay me that that thy owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, how patient we, and I will pay thee all. But he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thy wicked servant. I want you to listen to some of these words. When we fail to forgive people, there's a wickedness that gets a hold of our soul and our life. I'm telling you, you may not feel this, but I feel this today. I forgave thee all thy debt because thou desirest me. Should not I have had, should, should not thou also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wrought and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, you better listen. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your heart forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. And don't shout me down. I'm telling you, this is something that's real. This is something that hinders the church. It hinders the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our own personal lives. If we hold things against people, 
Matthew 9, 20, um, excuse me, 19, um, Matthew 9, 2 through 8. And behold, they brought unto him a sick man, a palsy, sent, laying on a bed, and Jesus sent their feet, said unto the sick of palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is either to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise and walk. Now, I'm reading this to you because there's a perspective here. Sometimes we put more emphasis on the body than we do the soul. We put more emphasis on the body than we do the soul. For whether it is to say, Thy sin be forgiven or arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin, then said he to the sick of the palsy, Rise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. And he arose and departed in his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God which had given such man unto power, such unto man. Now they got excited about the body. See, our problem sometimes we look at the natural more than we do the spiritual. I think Jesus is teaching us the greatest thing God could do for us is to forgive us of our sins. Sometimes... If we're not willing to forgive people that are sins, might be the reason God doesn't heal people when we pray for them. I'm going to tell you, this thing is tied closely. That's just a thought, but you can do with it what you want. Another characteristic of a Christian is the love of God's Word. We should study it, and we should live it. Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwells among us, the Bible said. 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to pay attention to that rightly dividing, because sometimes we choose our scriptures and they're not, they don't mean just exactly what we think they do. But shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase into more ungodliness. No matter if the word is preached or whether you're, it's tall or whether you've been read or you're doing your own reading, we need to be very careful that we rightly divide the word of God. We hear so much false doctrines today. And the Bible told us of that. Even Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15 through 20, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns and, fig, and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a cup tree bring forth good, tree, good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit, and bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits 
you shall know them. Let me tell you something. If you listen to these preachers that tell you you should never have a problem, you should never suffer. The Bible said if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. If they tell you you should never have a problem, you should never have a trial, then they're a false prophet. They're a false teacher. In this world, you are going to have tribulations. That's the word of our Lord and our Savior. If we didn't, then everything's supposed to be as wonderful as they try to make out that it is or could be. Why go to heaven? I'm telling you, heaven is a place where we're not going to have to worry about problems. We're not going to worry about disease or sickness. Come on. We're going to be reunited with some of our loved ones maybe we have never seen in our entire life. Come on, there's going to be a great reunion. Heaven is the place we rejoice, not here on this earth. Here's where we're supposed to pray and agonize and seek God for the souls of men that are on their way to hell. Well, there's another characteristic about Christians. You know, we used to have a saying when I was growing up, put your brain in gear before you put your mouth in motion. That's pretty good saying. It's not a scripture, but it's true. A characteristic of a Christian is someone who watches what they say who make sure their words are not offensive or a hindrance to others. Come on. James 3, 2 through 12 says, For in many things we offend all. But if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able to brattle his whole body. Behold, he put bit, behold we put bits in the, in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about, their whole body. Behold, also ships, which through which though they are so great and are driven with fierce wind, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wherever soever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and he boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, a world of sin, is what he's saying. So is the tongue among members, that it defileth the whole body, and sitteth on fire, of course, the nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and of servants and of things of the sea is tame, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. That the fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either the vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. That's a lot in there, isn't it? 
You can't curse men, and that don't mean using profanity when you curse men. We don't curse as Christians. You let it slip. You let it slip, it was in there. Amen. See, as Christians, we ought to be very careful what we say. I'll confess to you, there's been times that I've even overrun the Holy Spirit and ran my mouth. Now, I know none of you done that. But what I'm really trying to say to you, we need to check our tongue as Christians. Part of the character of Christ was he spoke life, not death. Well, the last characteristic, I had a little incident today on my computer, and you're going to get out of here very early because of it. I spent hours down here yesterday, got my outlines all lined up, come back to put the finishing touches on them, and some crazy little old box jumped up there on its own, and it had yes or no, and so I know, I hit the no, not reading, it wiped out everything. <laughs> I said, okay, Lord, it's all yours. <laughs> but the last characteristics that we need in our life is patience. Luke 21 and 19 says, In your patience possess ye your souls. See, whether we stand or fall is going to be according to our patience. James 1, 2, and 4 said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So we find out here, that our trials that we go through so long sometime, we keep the faith, we keep our patience, and guess what? It perfects us with God. We don't know what we're going to face on this earth. We like to think Jesus will come tonight, and I wish he would. I remember in like 1990-something, somewhere like that, I said to myself, seeing the world change and all the things going wrong with it, I said, this world cannot last to the year 2000. Well, it's 2017, and we're still here. That don't mean we shouldn't look for him. That doesn't mean he may not come today or tomorrow or a year from now. But I'm going to tell you something. Patience is a very important part of our Christian experience. 
when we learn to wait upon God when things come our way. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest we be weary and faint in our minds. I'm going to tell you, Jesus went through a lot. Do you hear me? Knowing that he was the son of God, and dealt with all them church members who went after him in every direction they could go. Hello. At one time they would have stoned him, but they feared the people. Another time they was going to run him off a cliff, but he walked right through them. Many times they desired to kill him, but I want to tell you, before the foundation of the world, it was decided how Jesus would die. Did he want to go to the cross? Would you? Come on. I want you to think about it. Would you want to go to the cross to save the ungodly? To save those same men that run him down and told lies on him? Would you want to go to the cross? See, what we have to understand, that he was not only the son of God, but he was the son of man. And he had the same emotions as we have. He had the same feelings that we have. Come on. That's why he went in the garden of Gethsemane and he prayed three times. He prayed to sweat became as great drops of blood onto the ground. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew they were going to pluck his beard. He knew they were going to spit in his face. He knew they were going to slap him across his face and bruise his face real bad. He knew they were going to put 39 stripes on his back. Then they were going to nail him to a cross. He knew all of that. But not my will. Let your will be done. Now, if he was the son of God... He'd been right in order with all this, but because he was a son of man, he had a will just like we have a will. He was tempted in all points as we are tempted, yet without sin. Hebrews 10 says something, 10 and 36 and 37. It says, for we have need of patience that after we have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's coming back. He's coming back. Patience. Isaiah said it, I guess, better than anybody did. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up as wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In your patience, in your patience, possess ye your souls. If you don't have patience, you'll give up. If you don't have patience to wait, you'll stop trying. I think one of the greatest characteristics of a Christian is to be able to wait and stay patient before the Lord. Because really it's an act of faith that you know that God is going to make everything come out okay. Regardless of your trouble, regardless of your problem, God's going to make it to be okay. I'm asking you today, as your pastor, and as God pointed out to me, our character should be His character. The way we think, the way we talk, and the way we walk should be like him. Stand with me, if you will. And if you don't have anything to praise the Lord about, thank God for the trouble on the, my computer. <laughs> How's your Christian character today? How is it? Do you forgive people? That's so important. Learn to forgive. Oh, you don't understand what they did, Brother Lang. Oh, I do. They beat your back. They plucked your beard. They spit in your face. And they hung you on a cross. Nobody in here has had that done to them. We get so sensitive sometimes about what people say. Well, I just don't like them. Well, you might not like them, but you've got to love them. And I've always seen it's a hard time to like somebody or love somebody and not like them. We've got a world out there. No doubt it's our enemy. But Jesus came to save this world. Do not forget, there's a time when we're part of it. God saved me. I fought, I cursed, I stole, I lied, and I won't tell you the rest. I left a man on the side of the road one time in a car wreck and didn't even care if he was dead or alive because he started it. That's the way the world thinks. That's the way I thought. It don't matter who starts it. You hear me? I said it don't matter who starts it. We're to forgive. And we're to love. And we're to help. How many souls would be in this church right now if our character had been up where Jesus wanted it to be.
I'm telling you, it's important how we act, what we say, and what we do. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, He wants to save you. But I want us to stay where we're at, and I want us to examine ourselves. I am. I'm going to do it. Just where you stand as they sing, I want you to examine yourself and see if you have the patience that you really need. Do you really love like God loves? Have you forgiven everybody that needs forgiving? These are important things. These things will make it possible for our church to move forward and have the blessings of God in it. We got the best church in the world, I think, but I'll tell you, we got room to improve. And we got room to move up. So as they sing, why don't you just get along with you and God and ask God. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you where you stand. How's your character with Jesus? Do we live like He wants us to live? Or do we not?